Topic 26, Second Paper of 20th Century Negro Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Topic 26, Second Paper of 20th Century Negro Literature by Professor Henry A. Hunt, The Negro as a Farmer. Henry A. Hunt was born in Hancock County, Georgia, in 1866. He attended the public schools of Sparta, the county seat, until 1882, when he entered Atlanta University and was graduated from the college course in 1890. He also completed the course of instruction given in the industrial department of that university. He kept up his expenses in a measure by working as a carpenter during his vacations and during his spare hours while in school. He was considered a most promising young man and a thorough scholar by his professors and schoolmates. He became a professing Christian while pursuing his college course. In all of the athletic sports of the university, he took an active part and served as captain of the baseball team for several years. He graduated with the highest honors of his class through a most flattering recommendation from the superintendent of the public schools of atlanta georgia he was called in eighteen ninety one to the principalship of the charlotte graded school which position he filled acceptably until he resigned during the same year to accept the superintendency of the industrial department of Biddle University, Charlotte, North Carolina. In 1896, he was given, in addition to his industrial work, the superintendency of the boarding department of Biddle University. These two positions he is now filling in a most acceptable manner. Mr. Hunt's work and close touch with the young men of the university have been most gratifying he encourages and takes part with them in all of their sports being a leading spirit in their athletic association he is a noble example of the manly man and his influence over the students for straightforward and manly endeavor has been truly helpful the respect and esteem in which he is held by the graduates and undergraduates are most noteworthy in august nineteen hundred mr hunt called together the farmers of mecklenburg and surrounding counties for the purpose of holding a farmers conference a permanent organization was effected of which he was made president the influence of these annual conferences is far-reaching and will no doubt 
result in great good to the farming class of western north carolina he was for several years the president of the queen city real estate company of charlotte north carolina an organization designed to help those wishing to obtain homes he was forced to relinquish this work because of other duties mr hunt is a strong and courageous young man he is firm in his convictions and believes the royal road to success is attained through the faithful performance of each day's duties his sympathies are near to the interests of the working classes as a college-bred man he urges his people to become skilled artisans and to build up reliable business enterprises and thus become independent his kindness of heart and plain honest dealing with his fellow-man along with his intellectual attainment have won for him a host of friends and made him a popular man with all the people while attending atlanta university mr hunt met the girl miss florence s johnson of raleigh north carolina who in the year eighteen ninety three became his wife and to whom much of whatever success he has attained is attributable to them there have been three bright and beautiful children born two girls and a boy in a chapter on this subject it may not be out of place to give some little attention to the early history of the negro as a farmer in america without stopping to discuss the motives of the sea captain who brought over the first load of negroes to america or why the northern colonists discontinued at a comparatively early date the use of slave labor let us note a few things about the negro in the south the fact that they could easily endure the summer sun of the cotton belt that they learned quickly the simple methods of farming used in the cultivation of cotton rice sugar-cane and tobacco that they required but little in the way of food clothing housing and medical attention and the further fact that they possessed a peculiarly happy and light-hearted disposition all tended to make them especially valuable to the southern planters it seems that slave labor was looked upon at a comparatively early date as being not only desirable but absolutely necessary to the growth and development of the southern colonies for several years after the settlement of georgia no slaves were allowed to be used in that colony but finding that the colony seemed to be doomed to failure the trustees permitted the introduction of slaves and the colony began immediately to prosper the following lines attributed to george whitefield the famous minister 
in referring to his plantations in georgia and south carolina give a fair idea of the feelings of the southern colonists on the subject of slave labor at that time he speaks thus about his georgia plantation Quote, upward of five thousand pounds have been expended in the undertaking and yet very little proficiency made in the cultivation of my tract of land and that entirely owing to the necessity i lay under of making use of white hands had a negro been allowed i should now have had a sufficiency to support a great many orphans without expending above half the sum which has been laid out unquote. how different are his expressions concerning his south carolina plantation where slavery existed blessed be god this plantation has succeeded and though at present i have only eight working hands yet in all probability there will be more raised in one year and without a quarter of the expense than had been produced at bethesda for several years past this confirms me in the opinion i have entertained for a long time that georgia never can or will be a flourishing province without negroes are allowed Unquote. with the invention of the cotton gin slave labor became still more valuable the south more prosperous and the planters verily believed that cotton was king and south carolina the hub of the universe but while it is true that the negro became an indispensable factor in the material prosperity of the south by his work on the plantations yet he did not at that time occupy a position that could be dignified with the name of farmer during the days of slavery the negro occupied a position more closely akin to that of a farm animal than that of a farmer of course there were exceptions but we are speaking now of the masses the negro having been looked upon by his master and school to look upon himself and his fellow bondmen as possessing none of the intelligence and virtues essential to success in life there is little wonder that a comparatively small number of freed men took advantage of the opportunities offered immediately after the close of the civil war to become landowners indeed when we take into account the fact that there was a sort of caste feeling among the slaves with the field hands as the mud sill and all glad of any opportunity offered to rise above the despised position the great wonder is that so many were willing to continue an occupation considered so degrading the fact is 
that it was to a very great extent simply a matter of accepting cheerfully the inevitable that held so many of the freedmen to the farms and to farm life among the positive forces that operated in taking the negro from the farm there was perhaps none stronger than the desire to have his children educated the opportunity for which being very poor in the country districts many of the very best and most thrifty among them left the farm for the towns and cities but whether on the farm or in the city only a few years of freedom and its attendant responsibilities were necessary to enable the more intelligent ones of the ex-slaves to see the importance of not only knowing something but owning something as well if they were to entertain any hopes or aspirations above those of the field hand and it was from this class of negro farm hands that the real negro farmer came into existence while there were many who showed decided intelligence sound judgment and shrewd business sense by the manner in which they managed their affairs still the great masses had arisen if at all only from the position of the master's farm animal in slavery to that of his less cared for farm hand in freedom the condition just described represents the state of affairs during the first two years after the war as indeed it does present conditions except that the number of those who may be called farmers is constantly increasing and the number of mere farm hands is growing proportionately smaller we should keep constantly in mind the distinction between the man who tills his own land and the one who works the land of another the former is the farmer the latter the farm hand the distinction just noticed would seem to be entirely justifiable as ownership of the land is the first requisite for the proper interest in and love for the work being done to entitle a man to the name of farmer in order to properly appreciate the opportunities and advantages of farm life to himself and his children there must be that love for the farm itself its rocks its woods its hills its shady rills and its meadows that can come in no other way than through the proud sense of ownership there must be the feeling of kinship for the very soil itself the birds the bees the flowers must all be held dear to the heart of him who would know nature's choicest secrets and reap rich harvests from her beautiful storehouse in no field are the prospects brighter for the negro than in that of agriculture there are thousands of acres of land in the south and southwest that may be purchased 
upon terms so favorable that the land being purchased may by proper management be made to yield sufficient income to meet the payments in the combination of a mild climate cheap land with easy payments ready markets and previous training of the negro god seems to be offering special inducements for him to come out from the condition of a landless tenant that may grow into serfdom worse than slavery to that of worthy independent and self-respecting land owners there is no field in which he meets so little of the unreasoning and unreasonable prejudice as in farming the products of the farm are the necessities of life and people do not stop to question too closely as to whence they come or by whom produced owing to the growth of manufacturing in the south especially of cotton goods and the consequent removal of large numbers of the poor whites into the cities and towns just now would seem to be the high tide of the negro's opportunities to become an independent class of citizens and we should be careful to seize it at its flood or all the rest of our life's voyage may be bound in shallows and miseries more distressing than those already passed the opportunity for buying land becoming independent and even wealthy are indeed grand but the fact must ever be kept in mind that the present favorable conditions will not obtain indefinitely let the tide of european immigration once turn southward and competition immediately becomes sharper and the further progress of the negro decidedly more difficult if the negro would put himself in position to successfully withstand this competition that will inevitably come let him begin now by purchasing his stronghold the farm and fortify himself or he may awake when it is too late to find himself without a home or the means with which to secure it let us note just here one of the most solemn obligations resting upon those who stand as leaders of the negroes namely the duty of impressing upon the masses the absolute necessity for purchasing land and the great need yes the absolute necessity of doing so now it is not the purpose of the writer to create the impression that the leaders of our people are neglecting their duty or that the masses are letting their opportunities for material betterment pass unimproved but rather to arouse both leaders and followers to the necessity for greater activity in their work indeed when all things favorable and unfavorable are taken into account there is much to be thankful for and hopeful 
over in the present condition of the negro farmers in almost every community in the south there are to be found negro farmers who are not only making a decent living but buying land and improving it building comfortable dwellings improving the grades of their farm animals giving liberal support to their schools and churches and bringing up their children in a manner that is altogether creditable and calculated to make of them good citizens it is encouraging to note the increased interest on the part of many young men on the subject of farming as evidenced by the increasing popularity of the agricultural and mechanical colleges and the lively interest taken by them in the farmers conferences held in various parts of the south the number of negro farmers who read agricultural journals and make intelligent use of the bulletins issued by the agricultural department of the various states and the united states is constantly increasing lest there be some doubt as to the truthfulness of the favorable conditions just mentioned let the figures speak since last year the negroes of the single state of georgia have purchased sixty six thousand acres of land and added three hundred and eighty thousand dollars to the value of farm lands professor w e b dubois in the independent november twenty first nineteen o one indeed it seems that if in one particular line of work more than any other the negro has won for himself a place in the history of this country's progress that work has been upon the farm if one section of the country has profited more than another by his toil that section is the south whose forests he has felled whose roads he has built whose soil he has tilled whose wealth he has created and whose prosperity he has made possible then let us not be discouraged but turn our faces to the sunlight of heaven and put forth our very best endeavors confidently expecting to reap the full rewards for our labors and attain the full measure of manhood as a race in this the land of the free and the home of the brave end of topic twenty six second paper